LeBron James is coming to L.A., yeah. and that one move elevates the Lakers back to their title-contending way. Who are you, Demarcus? The third splash, brother. I don't get, get that on camera, right? We gotta, we gotta get this right. The third splash, brother. It's done. I'm a warrior. What's up? What's up? Free agency. Uh, we kind of we kind of jumped into this real quick. We wanted to get a another podcast out because free agency has been surprising to say the least, and uh, very newsworthy. Uh, shortly after we did our last podcast, we had quite a few developments. The biggest of which was LeBron James going to the Lakers. Oh yeah. Another development that came from that is DeMarcus Boogie Cousins uh, taking LeBron off the front page when he signed with the already powerful Golden State Warriors. But real quick, Jordan, and this may be tinged with a slight bias for the Golden State Warriors. Mm -hmm. I like them as a team. I like them as an organization. And this, this next question is really why. Herm Edwards said this once, and I'm going to present this to you. Why do you play the game, Jordan? You play to win. Hello? You play to win the game. Usain Bolt, when running a race, doesn't slow down toward the finish line to let others catch up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Serena Williams doesn't let her opponent win a few sets just so can look pretty cosmetic. True, true. Why should the Golden State Warriors hang their head in any sort of shame because they go out and they get the best players that they can possibly get? They shouldn't. There's absolutely no reason why. I am completely with you on that. The rich can continue to get richer and richer if they see need to. I have never heard of anybody saying, hey, you know what, we're good. And then something that will improve that said person or business or entity or whatever it is comes along and says, hey, I want to be a part of this too. And then they say, no, 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 we have enough to be good. No, you continue to build on your legend. You continue to build on your dynasty. Hey, if 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 LeBron wanted to come to Golden State and they made it work, they would not turn their face away. So, I mean, it is what it is. It's a shock, but they don't owe anything to anybody. You're not going to put your foot, take your foot off the gas just because you know you already have enough to win. No. You're going to continue to build off that. And if somebody else wants to come along, that's a, a, a talented piece. By all means, come along. Join the, join the ride. Join the dynasty. Exactly. It, this is even different from baseball. You have people out there who hate the Yankees especially or hate the Red Sox, yeah. uh, the big spenders, the Dodgers, because they, in effect, buy their championships. Well, baseball has no salary cap, so a lot of times those teams actually do buy their championships because they have advantages that other teams don't. It's kind of unfair. It's all dictated by market, market share, uh, because of the market you live in, what you're able to do, some other business ventures you can get involved in that'll bring your organization money. Fine and dandy, understandable, but it does create an, an unbalanced situation. In the, in the sport of Major League Baseball. Yeah. With basketball, with NBA basketball, 
everybody is on a level and even playing field, so to speak. Mm-hmm. True mm-hmm. market market plays a role. You know, all things equal, someone will, you know, choose what L.A. over Utah. All things equal. But even sometimes that changes depending on the personnel that's at that location. Mm-hmm. But all things are equal. The Golden State Warriors, the L.A. Lakers, the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Chicago Bulls, and every other team in the NBA are playing under the same salary cap structure with the same pool of free agents. Absolutely. As every other team. So if I'm the Golden State Warriors, I do not hang my head in shame. I continue to hold my head up and push forward. In fact, it's been said that Golden State may still have enough money for another player after signing DeMarcus Cousins because they've been so shrewd as to get their guys to take small discounts, not major discounts, small discounts. Not small to us because we, we make five, six figures if you're good at what you do. But you're talking about seven, eight-figure athletes and the difference between taking nine million and 10 million. You know, 10.5 and 11. 20 and 20.8. So maybe small differences to them that they can get back in other ventures because they're winning, because now you're putting your name to a champion. They Mm -hmm. may open up some advertising opportunities. But they've convinced their guys to do that. Even with Stephen Curry, if you recall, when Stephen Curry got re-upped, was it last year? And Steph Curry actually said to the Warriors he wanted to take less than the max. And the Warriors insisted that he took the max. (laughs) Like, no, 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 no. So you you have a situation where you've developed a culture Mm -hmm. of players whose first mindset is winning and enjoying it. You have an organization where guys go over the ball moves. The the play structure is is a benefit to everyone. Come one, come all. You can benefit Mm -hmm. from the way we play. You can benefit from the way our organization operates. Everyone eats with the Golden State Warriors. I completely agree, man. I, I think that's what it boils down to uh, because, like you said, it's all things being equal. And this is the real reason why, again, I, I, I mentioned a team like Sacramento as being a horrible destination because of all of the other things that's factored in outside of money being given to a player, the culture, the coaching, the front office, the 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 workout facilities, whatever, the, 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 the weather, the, the city, what it offers, all of those things factor in when it comes or should factor in when it comes to a, a player wanting to go somewhere. And so if, if Golden State at this point is so attractive that they just keep getting people and, and for, for crackers, really, because, I mean, I know De- DeMarcus Cousins is hurt and injured, but going from – I believe uh, somewhere in the range of twenty million, or I forgot what his salary was last year per year, to now a year and five million, a little over five million. That is a steal, but I'm pretty sure Demarcus doesn't mind him because he's like, "Hey, I'm going to a team that I know I'm guaranteed to go far with." They've already shown a track record of being a very, very good team. They're the champions. This is where I want to be. And so that, that's what kind of sets apart those true championship contenders from pretenders. DeMarcus Cousins wasn't getting any offers. Lakers that's, included. That's unfortunate. Now let me ask you this. Do you think the LA Lakers could use DeMarcus Cousins? Uh, absolutely. Who's their big man? DeMarcus Cousins wasn't getting any offers. He told his agent, hey, uh, go test the waters. Uh, see who's looking in my direction. 
And it just so happened that his agent and the Golden State Warriors somehow connected. And he was willing to take under $6 million. Now, the interesting thing about that is this. The Warriors, depending on what they do afterward, have the option of using their mid-level exception on DeMarcus Cousins. Or, and only because when Kevin Durant opted out and re-signed, that opened up some sort of caveat that left some money available. DeMarcus mm-hmm. Cousins could reasonably sign for that m- amount of money. And the Golden State Warriors will still have their MLE, which will open the door for them to sign another piece if need be. <laughs> because again, Cousins isn't really going to be back. He says he's, he's going to be ready for training camp, but he reasonably isn't going to be back until December, January. Mm-hmm. Shrewd business. Shrewd business. Yeah. What you got for Kevin Durant taking a million less or 800,000 less. These things play into the entire situation. Now, if all things go perfectly, the Golden State Warriors will have, for the first time in some 40 years, a team starting lineup comprised of five all-stars from the previous years. It hasn't been done in 40 years. Sounds a bit lopsided, yes. That's insane. But entertain this thought. Okay. Who has been the most disruptive and malcontented player in the NBA in the last five years? DeMarcus Cousins. DeMarcus Cousins. So it's reasonable to believe that there is a doorway, there is a window where this could backfire. He could go there. Some things may not operate the way he wants them to or believe they would and he could become good old early Sacramento Kings DeMarcus <laughs> see this is why I that that's to me I don't see that happening and, I, and I've said this to you before and just in our side conversations off the podcast about how you have too many pieces in place there in Golden State that will probably be able to keep him in his place if you know going in, you're coming on a team where you got one, two, three, four stars, two probably Hall of Famers in the very near future after their career is over, there is no way you should be coming in making any demands or pouting or complaining about your role or whatever it is that you're going to be doing when you get there. Now, granted, yeah, you could do that in Sacramento because you had nothing. You were the man. There was nobody there helping you. That organization was a crapshoot. George Carl didn't like you. That uh, just just complete garbage. You fired not, the coach he liked. Say that again. They fired the coach he liked. Oh, th- that too. But see, there is no way you should have an attitude of, "Hey, I need to uh, have things the way I see fit when I get there." You're injured. You're going to be coming to a team that's already pretty much solidified itself as a dynasty. They don't need you to do anything better than they are. They are already done. So I don't see, I don't foresee that attitude uh, creeping out of DeMarcus. I think Steve Kerr is somebody who is a coach who can stand his ground uh, and is a manager of, of men, as you can already see a manager of talented men. And uh, I just don't, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 not a likely scenario, but it is a possibility, in my opinion. Well, with someone that yeah, anything that emotionally volatile, who's shown that in the past, but he does yeah. want to be there, and I think he will have an understanding, somewhat of hierarchy and who he is in the pecking order, and if he can come in there and and do what. They need from him. If he can wrap his brain around fulfilling a role that they 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 etch out for him, yeah, I mean the sky's the limit. And then yeah, this is probably not a long term situation. This is probably something where okay, I can come in, get my ring, show show I got my my swagger back from the post Achilles surgery, and, and mm-hmm. move on. So you know. We're not talking about either 100% DeMarcus Cousins here. 
you know, we're talking about, you know, 80, 70% to Marcus Cousins. So had they gone and got Dwight Howard, would would there be as much uproar? Maybe not. But DeMarcus Cousins at no. 70% is kind of like in the same vein as as a Dwight Howard, if that's what he comes back at. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. Out of the two, I might prefer Dwight Howard. I don't, I don't, I, I don't have any stats to back that up, but I think I prefer Dwight Howard on the Golden State Warriors. As far as filling the role, yeah, yeah, just as part of okay, you know where you you stand, and you've been humbled already by being just a <laughs> a, a one stop shop. Every time you go to a team, you go to another one, so you know shouldn't be any ego tripping. Right. But uh, yeah. Play defense and rebound. That's all we want from you. There you go. There With you go. Cousins, you're gonna you're gonna get some points, but you know if he can wrap his brain around, in fact, he's not gonna get 25 and 10. You know, he'll be fine. Now, yeah. what may spring some of the shock is that a previous shocking story was ripped right from the headlines, but when it went down, it went down. LeBron James is now joining the pantheon of greats that have <laughs> donned the Los Angeles Lakers jersey. What do you think about that move, Purple man? What do you think about that move? It is calculated. It was calculated. He knew what he wanted to do long before it was already out. I think it was a little bit more classier than last time on the decision. I think this time he kind of showed a maturity. I think there were a lot of other different things that factored in outside of just him playing basketball. Uh, his kids are going to school there. I think it's a very nice place to live. Um, so family was definitely in, in, in a, a huge factor, if not the most important factor. And then LeBron is a businessman. And what better place to grow your business and cultivate your name, your brand, than Hollywood, baby. Hollywood. So he was smart. This is something he had in the works a long time ago. I believe that. And uh, it came to fruition. Well, LeBron's when he well, LeBron went back to Cleveland. That was pretty classy, too. He wrote. I agree. He wrote the letter. I believe that was a good amount of sincerity when he did that. So he's done everything on a pretty classy level. I can't I can't knock him for the way yeah. he's made his moves. This one, like you said, there there may be other reasons besides a competition as to why he did it. He pointed out his son, the Hollywood draw. I know he's got a production company that he he's trying to get to continue thriving, and uh, maybe he wants to dip his toe into acting, things like that. But how do you think he fits in mm. personnel-wise? Because the Lakers made some other moves as well. Uh. I know from the outside looking into a lot of people, it probably doesn't make sense. A lot of these pieces don't seem to truly fit together. But in my opinion, I think they're good. I think LeBron is smart. He's bringing along people who are going to fulfill their role a little bit better than the role players that Cleveland had. Uh, I like Lance Stevenson. I've always said this, and a lot of people hate on me for saying this, but I think he is talented more so than he's shown in his career. I think his problem has just been his focus. And so getting with a player like LeBron, I think that'll help him to be a tad bit more focused. I would even say that he's kind of in the mode of a J.R. Smith. Uh, and what I mean by that, I don't mean more the Hennessy drinking, taking plays off, not knowing where he is, J.R., but just being able to focus. Because I think those first four years when J.R. came to Cleveland, and LeBron was there and Kyrie was there. J.I. was focused. He he improved his jump shot. He improved his role playing. I think Lance can do that. I think he's a little bit more talented. He can dribble the ball a little bit better. He can attack the rim a little bit better. He's definitely a better facilitator and knows how to set people up. So that's going to be fun on top of just their whole <laughs> interaction and their their uh, years of dealing with each other as as enemies. Now, now they're teammates. So that's going to be hilarious to watch. Um, I do like JaVale McGee. I think JaVale McGee is another guy who, if he had his head on straight, should have been better than what he was. You look at just his metrics, JaVale McGee should have been should have been better. I, I don't know how much better, but he should have had a better career. But he, he's a good role player, 
And then um, you also have somebody like, uh, what's his name? Rajon Rondo. Rajon Rondo is one of the best X's and O's guys in the league. The man breaks down the game on the court, one of the best court generals in the game still. So now you don't have LeBron having to always bring the ball up the court, having to always make all the decisions. And then on top of that, as of how the team is constructed now, you still got Lonzo, you still got Julius, I mean, not Julius Randle, you still got uh, uh, Kuzma and and all those other guys. So you still have a fairly good, uh, young, athletic, uh, talented team that uh, has surrounded LeBron. So I think it fits a little bit. Uh, with LeBron than that this past Cavaliers team. We got our buddy Calvin joining us right now. And uh, thanks, hey. thanks, Calvin, for joining us. Uh, yes, we're sir. talking about the Lakers, the moves they made highlighted by LeBron, but other moves uh, that they've gotten to correspond with that. Uh, what do you think of the things that the Lakers have done? You know, kind of, it's kind of a mixed bag of things to me. I kind of heard the tell end of Jordan talking about Rondo being at it. Lance Stevenson was interesting. You know, Rondo was projectively prophet- prophetic in the sense where who knows where Lonzo's going to end up. And then, you know, with a couple other pieces they added, you know, I don't know if I, – I feel like they're just trying to fill out the roster right now and just wait till next year and see what happens. So with that alone, they get an A for that. But, I mean, LeBron probably already planned to come to Los Angeles anyway. So I guess in terms of like what the Lakers were able to do in terms of who they got, I mean, I guess I would give it a C. I, I'm not really like excited or I feel like they done so much because we all know the Warriors just got, you know, a, you know, an all-star team. So I don't know. I guess I'm not really that excited about the Lakers team, but I mean, they got LeBron. So at the end of the day, they won that. I've I've heard a few people. Uh, say that LeBron went to a bum team, I guess. I think that's, that may just be a, a setup for if they do well, how great LeBron is. The fact of the matter is LeBron did not go to a bum team. Okay, so when we, an, we no. analyze, the only issue I have with the Lakers is this, too many two-pointers. And in this era of NBA basketball, that floor it has to be open and spread out and the Lakers, I don't think, have enough guys to do that. But if you just look at what's, what was there in the cupboard already, that cupboard was not bare. It was just young. It's, it will be a similar situation to if LeBron were to come to the Bulls because you have, you have a, a young point guard, Lonzo Ball, who has his shooting issues. He has the issues you know, with the, with the family thing and, and LeVar. But all in all, this man was still, what, all-NBA all rookie? Still had a solid first campaign. Then you take Cal Kuzma, who's really your came in third for rookie of the year. He's putting up 18 points a game, shocked the world with his performance. You know, 18 points a game in your rookie year is nothing to sneeze at. I don't care who you did it for. Then you have Brandon Ingram, who was the number two pick, who's starting to come into his own a bit as a scorer. He's not going to be anywhere near what he was projected. They were projecting him as, you know, KD part two. I don't think he'll ever be that, but he's still a solid NBA player. You have, in my opinion, a good coach in Luke Walton uh, who understands the player mentality and who, in my opinion, can probably deal with players of all calibers. He uh, interim coached the Warriors for over for roughly half the season. He, um, you know, he played with Kobe Bryant, so he understands how to handle players of high maintenance. So, you know, these are things that, that no doubt factored into LeBron's decision. LeBron was not going to go to a team full of bums. He wasn't. Let's be realistic here. If he wanted to go to a team full of bums and wanted to go to L.A., he could have went to the Clippers. So, the Lakers have something there. Can they beat the Warriors? No. But who can? But who can? So, you know, I, I look for the Lakers to do well, to be quite entertaining. You mentioned adding Lance and Rondo and JaVale. That, that tandem of, of Lance and JaVale, you know, I've seen some, some social media stuff. They're already kind of like 
making contact with each other, and they're you know they're going to be quite entertaining uh, <laughs> going into this season. Man, Lance, Lance in, his, in himself is just a character. We know how Javale is. Yes, he's a, a very gregarious guy, but he he's a character. You know, you just get some guys who whose uh, brain wave function works on on a different frequency. You know, so. <laughs> Those two guys are going to be fun to watch, and it's going to be interesting to see how LeBron interacts with that. Because um, I, I thought it was, I thought it was odd to to team LeBron up with Lance Stevenson. I guess he'd rather be with him than against him. That's pretty much what I was thinking, man. I think that uh, you have a, a a sort of respect that you build up for people who get under your skin, like with, and that that also includes Rajon Rondo. Like Rondo has always been a pest when he was on Boston and he gets under people's skin, uh, Lance Stevenson in, in particular gets under LeBron's skin all the time. You know that just from this past series against the Pacers. And then in the past when he was on the heat blowing in his ear, doing all type of things to just get him off of his stoop. Now, obviously you can't stop LeBron from being LeBron all game, but you can annoy somebody to the point where they just get irritated and maybe they take two or three or four plays off and they're just not themselves. You need guys like that. And over a period of time, as you get older, you get mature, you're going to be like, man, I respect this man's game. I respect what he does because he doesn't fear me. He doesn't say I'm backing down because you wanted to go. So everybody else says you're great. So I'm going to just lead, have a, a red carpet for you to the hoop. No, I'm going to foul you. I'm going to get under your skin. I'm going to be all up on your jersey. I'm going to blow in your ear. I'm going to slap your head. I'm going to tie your shoes. I'm going to do everything I need to do so that you'll be uncomfortable. So I think he honestly respects those type of players, and he probably wanted them on the team. And then there's one big Lance Stevenson out there, and it's called the Golden State Warriors. So, you know, that's that's LeBron's chief irritant right now. They're like the Monstars. Honestly, <laughs> at, this, at this point, they are. And let's 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 be clear here: the Golden State Warriors did not build this team or do not make these moves out of fear of LeBron. They don't. Not at all. The Golden State Warriors make these moves because they have now become addicted to winning and power. And you do what's necessary to hold on to that feeling. I mean, yeah. the, the average fan, for whatever reason, doesn't like the dynasty anymore. I'm tired of seeing Golden State. Da, 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 da. But Unless you live in there. Right, unless it's your team. But... We talked about this on a previous podcast. When you have the repeatedly different teams every year in the finals, it can show a lack of stability somewhat in your league. At the same time, we saw that. We experienced that. The ratings were bad in the NBA when you have repeatedly different teams. A couple other things we're going to cover, too. Uh, One, Paul George. Hmm. What do you guys think of him going back to OKC? I'll let, I'll let Calvin take that. I respect it. I, I looked at it like this. I mean, he got a, he built a relationship with Brooke. He, uh, the fans endeared to him. He looked at that situation and said, you know what? If I go with LeBron, uh, I'm always going to be known as LeBron's number two. It's going to be LeBron's game. It's going to be, you know, who knows? And honestly, I think that he felt he probably had a better situation. And this is why, even though you know, the whole idea of trading for a player like Kawhi is a risk knowing that he could leave. I mean, if the team uh, excels and relationships are built, that player could stay. And that's what happened that, you know, I, I applaud Oklahoma city for uh, rolling the dice with Paul George by trading away pieces and he, they stayed with them. So I think it's a good signing, man. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, they're not the, top two teams in the West. I mean, we know that's still going to be Oklahoma and and I'm sorry, that's still going to be Golden State and that's going to be Houston. But, uh, you know, I think it's, I think it was a good move overall. I personally, and I mentioned this in the last podcast, I, I, I feel the same way Calvin just expressed is it's utmost respect for it, you know, in, in a, in a, era of everybody wanting to team up with each other and super teams galore and 
max contracts and all these other things that's uh, getting people to play together for you to go back to a team that didn't win a championship and that got, a, a, I believe, a first-round exit. That was a first-round exit, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, first-round exit. And you go back and you say, we're going to try this again. You don't really see that, especially with superstars. Superstars want to go to a team where they know they have championship aspirations, which OKC might, but being in the West, you know it's going to be a dogfight because you got Houston, you got Golden State, who just got better. Now you got the Lakers, you got the Spurs. The West is just just beastie. But, uh, again, it just goes without saying, you have to give respect to a player like Paul George because he wants to finish what he started. And also what Calvin said, playing with LeBron, you know you're going to have to kind of take a back seat always to LeBron. LeBron is not going to be anybody's number two or one B or whatever the case may be until he just completely falls off. All, all the hinges fall off and his leg falls off and he's still trying to play. But as of right now, no. And and Paul George, that might have factored in, like, I'm not going to be second fiddle to this dude and then whoever else comes there and now I have to fulfill a role. What am I going to do, stand in the corner and shoot threes or, or be told to just rebound or be told to just play defense? I'm better than that. If LeBron can show all of his skills and showcase everything, so can I. I'm staying here. And and truth be told, I mean, you pretty much already got got a guy who's there in OKC who <laughs> does a lot anyway, who does steals the, steals the spotlight. So if you're okay with playing with Russell Westbrook, I mean, hey, you might as well not leave anyway. But I, I just think that playing with LeBron, it can have its advantages and disadvantages. That's another reason why I think Julius Randle was like, hey, let me hurry up and get out of here because I'm, I'm not even in the peak of my powers. I'm not even in my prime. I do not want to waste my years playing any sort of backseat role or only being told to do one or two things uh, just to appease LeBron. When it comes to Paul George, I mean, I see you guys' point. I would see it better if there was something for them to build on. You brought together a super team that's not young. This is a super team of guys who are 28, 29, and 34. And not a great deal of support in the supporting cast because, okay, see, if anybody has said, hey, let's get the band together and run this back, it's been OKC re-signing Grant and Felton. They, they, they're bringing back the same team, the same team that lost to Utah in the first round. Right? Yeah. So what is there to run back? What What is there that's going to convince you that this is going to get better? Because Carmelo's already come out in so many words and said, oh, I'm not taking 10 shots a game next year. So, I mean, how, how, is, how is this going to work? I mean, if I had the chance to get out of there, I'd get out of there with gasoline draws on. Well, maybe they see something that we don't see, you know. It, it could be that they see that, hey, you know what, we have one year. Uh, let's give it another year. Let's see how we play together. Um, they like the chemistry. And chemistry matters. I mean, when you could play with somebody that you like, and, I mean, you see Jimmy Butler complaining about Carl uh, Anthony Towns. So, I mean, if, if you could play with somebody you like, maybe you play better under those circumstances. Maybe it's more fun. Uh, you know, I would love to play with Westbrook. Honestly, I, I, you know, his personality is dominant, but he's a dog, man. And it's like he's going to always keep you on your toes to play at your best, your peak level. So, I don't know, maybe that's what it is. Maybe they feel like they got a shot at it, man. Maybe maybe they thought it was a fluke that they lost to Utah. Jimmy Butler's his own podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Bucket Podcast. I, I, I can't I, – I can't with Jimmy Butler, but I, I just don't. I don't see what's what's there, man. You, you're living, you're living in Oklahoma City, okay, and you're playing with Russell Westbrook. I know you. I have respect for him too, but you have to know you're really not going to win with that dude. You have to know that, and yeah, I know it's a one year deal. And you say, hey, let's run it back. Let's try one more year, but I don't know. Maybe they're trying to. Kind of because even with the party they threw, they excluded Carmelo. So maybe they're trying to do something where they squeeze Carmelo out. But there were times last year where Russ would look off Paul George 
and take a worse mm-hmm. shot. Or or there were times last year when Paul George, I think it was the Denver game, Paul George shot the, the game-tying three or something like that, and Russ looked upset that he wasn't the one to shoot the ball. Like, yeah, I know you guys are getting along, supposedly, but is Russ just getting along with this guy so the cupboard isn't bare anymore? Is Russ just getting along with this dude because so he won't have to run the Russ and Mellow show? You know, I don't know what the reason is, but George uh, the buffer between Russ and Mello. You know, it, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of things that that I look at that will have to make this move make sense because OKC isn't going anywhere. Do you reasonably think that Utah is going to get worse? You think Donovan Mitchell is going to be a worse player than he was last year? Not at all. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is a stud, man. He's a superstar. That's not even a joke. I don't know. I I feel like. Maybe there's something else there. Maybe they. Maybe it's the. I mean, because I don't know what kind of money he would have been offered if he had went to the Lakers. I don't know if he would have been offered that max type of situation. Uh, maybe it's the money. But then again, in this day and age, I mean, what is what is thirty million compared to twenty seven million anymore? I mean, it's like you know the money these cats make today is trumps any kind of money the players in the nineties or even the eighties made. So. I think now they just some players just want to be happy, and I think I read a story uh, on that or listened to somebody say that about LeBron. LeBron has made so much money, and at this point in time, he really probably don't feel like he has much to prove. He just wants to be happy, so he went to the Lakers. See, that's the reason why I was telling you earlier, Chris. There's a lot of different factors into people going to places now outside of money, and why people sometimes make the decision take to take a, a pay cut or less salary to team up with uh, other other teams. And I'll just go off of the, the the unbeaten path of the NBA and just kind of relate it to what I personally know of in uh, the Cubs. You know, Dexter Fowler, a couple years ago, man, when he when they actually won the championship, that man, they thought he was out of the door. He was out the door and he was going to Baltimore. Baltimore gave him a huge contract or a better contract. Next thing you know, he comes walking into the camp with uh, the coach, like I'm back and took a less le- took less money per year because he knew, okay, I want to be with a team that wins. I want to be with a better culture. I want to be with the guys that I like, you know, that that totally different from Baltimore. So I say that to say that, you know, uh, there's a lot of different factors that go into why a person may want to stay somewhere that we just don't know. You know, from the surface, it may look like, oh, this is just a dumb move. Why would you want to start this this broken down train again. Why would you want to try and fix something that can't be fixed when you got Mello who's complaining about not taking as many shots as he wants and don't play defense and never sniff the title? Like, why would you want to do that? But you never know what the real factors are for a person. Yeah, yeah. And and I guess maybe Paul George looked at it like L.A., OKC, either one, we're not going to win the title. The Spurs continuing to be petty. Uh, and I told you, Jordan, I wanted to see this. Yes, I, I, I did. I don't know. You're, you're, I'm not just going to just hand over Kawhi Leonard because you have Magic Johnson calling me. No, we're not just going to hand over Kawhi Leonard because you have Lakers on your jersey. No, we're not just going <laughs> to hand over Kawhi Leonard because he promises not to play if we don't. We will hand over Kawhi Leonard if you, for starters, for starters, give us Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, two future first-round picks. That's where we start negotiations. I I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. You get the most you can. Well, I mean, that's fine. They that try to with that stance, but at the end of the day, the Lakers don't have to move on it. I mean, they they could sit there and be like, well. Kawhi is going to come to us a free agency next year. Then what? And that's okay. So like, okay, what do you do? Do you hold still to your morals that you don't want to trade to the Lakers or you want so much back? They're not going to get that much back. Okay. So let me counter with this. If you don't trade Kawhi, he says he'll sit for a year. Right? Right. He's already sat one year. Right? So I don't care how good you are. You're talking about a two-year hiatus from basketball. 
even the greatest basketball player ever after two years off or a year and a half off didn't come back looking like the greatest basketball player ever. So now, yeah, go get your max deal. So it, it hurts Kawhi to sit the year out. So, I mean, you can be stubborn. And Pop could look at it like this. I'm not coming back anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's going to be a staring contest. And like I said, I, I honestly hope Kawhi gets what's best for him. Because I'm not necessarily pro-organization. I like good organizations that fairly, you know, for the most part, treat their players well and their coaches. And I'm not completely pro-player because I think some of these players are spoiled brats. But, you know, I'm enjoying the drama. And I want to see what plays out. Because, yeah, the Lakers, you you can wait, fine. But you're not going to bully me into giving it to you. You're going to have to get it on a different terms. You know, you're going to have to overpay for a dormant Kawhi Leonard. Because now he's under contract with the Spurs. So there's no, you know, there's no I'll go overseas and play. There's no, you know, well, I'll take my talents to Real Madrid. There's none of that. So you can stay sharp. You're going to have to stay sharp shooting ball with the uncle that's misguiding you. Some other moves that were made in free agency. Dwight Howard to the Wizards. Any thoughts, gentlemen? Dwight to the Wizards. I've said this before. I think this dude is a prostitute. He just goes from team to team, just having his fun. Uh, for somebody who is a lock for the Hall of Fame, he sure does just move around a lot. But I think as far as fit, Washington is a good fit. They need a big man. I think that'll pair up well with Bradley Bill and John Wall, those boys, Otto Porter. I think that is a good piece. We'll see how he implements himself into that style and that system. They might be able to make a little noise uh, again in the East. It's kind of up for grabs. So that might be a move that will translate into a deep playoff run, might get to the finals, at the Eastern Conference finals, that is. You know, we'll see. But I think that's a good move for that team. Watch to sign somebody else, too. I forgot who they signed. Um, I know this Austin Rivers. No, they got him in a trade, but they, they signed somebody else a small for it. I can't think of his name. Because I think, you know what, from what I from what I heard with Dwight Howard and um the other person, I just can't. It's on the tip of my tongue. I can't think of who they signed. It uh, wasn't Ariza, was it? No, Ariza went to uh, Phoenix. Yeah, he went to Phoenix. Um, but you know what? I think they got a decent team. I guess it's not going to, you know, scare nobody. Uh, but you know, know that you go there, you play defense, you grab rebounds, and you get easy points just by running down the court. He should be able to average 12 points a game easily just by running down the court with John Wall. Just be a better Gortat. That's it. And he, and he is a better Gortat. And at the same token, you know, John Wall's going to find him. He's going to get alley-oops. Um, at the end of the day, I think he probably averaged about 17 points, maybe 10 11 rebounds. And if he does that, that's good. That's to me is a plus. Why, and why are people acting like just because LeBron left the East that is completely doomed? Here's, in my opinion, even had LeBron stayed in the East, the two best teams are still Philly and Boston who are still intact. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a two team, it's a two team conference, just like it was going to be anyway. And then depending on what Milwaukee does, if they make some some shrewd moves, because there's still some things that could be done out there. If Milwaukee makes some shrewd moves, you know, they could be in the same breath. The first half of the year last year, Milwaukee was was a house of fire. And then I don't know what happened, but Eric Bledsoe happened. That's right. Ooh. Yep, that's exactly what happened. That's what happened. And he's still there. <laughs> <laughs> Forget what I said about Milwaukee. <laughs> you know what, man? The East isn't necessarily doomed. I mean, I thought it was that anyway. Yeah, but it's even worse now. I mean, at least LeBron made one team relevant. So you had three, you know, three-headed monsters, so to speak, as far as three top teams in the East. Now you got maybe two, maybe. I mean, and then. Well, you definitely you definitely got Philly and Boston. You know, I mean, but you know, it's still the same token. 
those both of those teams are really young. So you got two really young teams that aren't truly proven yet. So the East is wild. Yeah, but nobody's going to beat them in the East. Yeah, but I still feel the East is wide open, man. Somebody can catch you by surprise. You just, you know, that's that's how it is in the East, and that's why I will be truly a fan if they went with the whole best sixteen teams in the league. You know what? I actually completely forgot about Indiana and their pickup of uh, Tyreek Evans to kind of substitute for Lance Stevenson leaving. And I think Indiana should have beaten Cleveland in that last playoff. So they actually have improved because Tyreek had a very good year this past year for uh, the Grizzlies. So that might be a team that might sniff out maybe the third best team in the East. They might challenge as well. Did Tyreek Evans play more than 50 games this time? That's a good question. I'm not sure. I, I just know when he was playing, he did produce. It's been, it's been a long time since I've seen more than 50 games from Tyreek Evans. I think what people are forgetting, too, because it was a good while that we didn't see it. And for one guy the whole season, for another guy most of the season, people do remember that Gordon Hayward and, and Kyrie Irving still play for the Celtics, right? Yeah, but what type of Gordon Hayward would you get, though, is my question. Exactly. You know, That's a good well, Gordon Hayward comes back, and he's 60% of himself. That would have beat Cleveland. Kyrie Irving, you would have beat Cleveland. Jason Tatum is going to be better. Jason Tatum hey, yeah. will probably make the all-star team at the small forward position next year. Uh, Jalen Brown gets better. You know, very good defender. Mm-hmm. You could actually take the chance of letting Marcus Smart go if you chose to, or doing a sign and trade. Yeah, he's the heart and soul of that team. But I think they're they're emotionally stable enough because it's it's Brad Stevens, the uh, mm-hmm. uh, the the new pop, the new owner of the the soul box, as we saw in Game of Thrones, a uh, Game of Thrones mm-hmm. rather. Um. You know, he's able to keep that team together without Marcus Smart. Even though I like Marcus Smart, what he brings to a team, you know, Brad Stevens is good enough to, to get you through. Yeah. Like they got yeah. too many pieces. Like they, I mean, they, it's a good thing to have so many pieces, but eventually somebody got to get traded. I mean, you only got so much salary cap you can spread around. And that's where, and that's where Stevens coaching will come in. Uh, like I said in a previous spot, we're going to see how good of a coach Brad Stevens is next year because you're going to have a lot of those wing guys back, a lot of twos and threes, maybe stretch. You can stretch them out to fours. And Brad Stevens juggling those lineups is, is going to be key. That's another reason why Danny Ainge is such a mastermind. I mean, if you have too many pieces and eventually you need to trade somebody, you know he's going to be on top of getting whatever he needs to come back if he needs to let some pieces go. Absolutely. Absolutely. The first, maybe second best organization in basketball. Definitely the best. Uh, I'll say say maybe the second. I think the Warriors right now are the best organization in sports. Their ability to convince guys to take less money is unparalleled in any other sport. So that, you know, because it's it's an ultimate goal thing. And, And they're convincing these guys to do it. And they're reaping the, the benefits. And in talking mm-hmm. about organizations, uh, one last thing I wanted to touch on uh, with this episode was this. Recently, a conversation I was in came up where guys, and of course, this is it's happened in, in, in my era and guys uh, era you guys shared with Jordan a bit. Um, but it's, it's even bigger today than it was then. And that's being a player, I mean, a fan of a single player. And what that means is wherever that player goes, you're now a fan of that player and whatever that team does, I guess. Um, because I, I haven't been overly a fan of a single player to the extent that we see today. I don't necessarily understand the whole dynamic of it. But being the fan of a player versus being the fan of a specific team slash organization. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, uh, it's kind of my MO. 
I've always been a fan of a player in one way or another. I mean, I think it started with me with being a Bulls fan since I was, you know, a little guy, but I've always been a fan of Mike. Mike retired. I had to find somebody else to like. The Bulls suck, so I started liking Jason Kidd. And everywhere Jason Kidd liked. And I started liking LeBron. And LeBron went to Miami. I hated him. <laughs> so then Derrick Rose came on board. So I think I've always been like a fan of a player per se. And then just kind of like followed them. I really don't have a favorite player right now as we speak, but I guess Derrick Rose is always my favorite player since he came to the league. And ever since then, I haven't been able to find a new player that I really like kind of attached to. So now I'm back to a team fan thing where I'm just a fan of the Bulls because they're my home team. But um, other than that, that's kind of been my situation. I guess it's different for everybody, though. Yeah, I am along the same lines. I'm a fan of a uh, of a player more uh, just in my experience. Uh I've grown up a Chicago Bulls fan. My mom got me into watching basketball at an early age when we would always watch Jordan uh, just doing his thing day in and day out. Um, and so maybe in in my ignorance, I did like the team, the Chicago Bulls, and I still do like the Bulls no matter what. I actually was rooting for them even when they were in their horrible years when it was Ron Mercer or Eddie Robinson or Corey Benjamin or Marcus Pfizer. Oh, my God. But even after that ended, I was a fan of Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose uh, is still my favorite player, will always be my favorite player. Uh, Wherever he goes, I'm keeping an eye on what he's doing, what his career is is still like. I wanted him to come back here, but now that he's still going to stay in Minnesota, I'm going to still look up Minnesota Timberwolves highlights of Derrick Rose and whatever he does every game. Um, so I don't think there's nothing wrong with being a fan of a player. If that player moves, you still want to see that player do good. And then on the flip side, I don't think there's nothing wrong with being a fan of a team, especially if you living, if you live somewhere and that's your hometown team, being a fan of that team makes sense because you grew up liking that squad or somebody told you, hey, this is who we rooting for. And so you grew to appreciate them as a whole. But uh if I were to just say what kind of leads me more, it would be being a fan of a player. So since both of you are established fans of players, and mind you, this is not to say I'm not a fan of certain players, but but you guys classify yourselves as player fan guys. I'm more of an organization fan guy. Not that I choose. I think I think being a fan of an organization doesn't mean that, and even being a fan of a player, but I'm finding this more. When you're when you have some of these guys, and maybe it's just the LeBron stand, so to speak, but fans of players who feel like that player can do no wrong. Uh, I've never been that, and I've been a fan of a player. I, I've Michael Jordan is my favorite player of all time. Huge fan of his, you know, as far as what he does on the basketball court. But when Michael Jordan went to play for the Washington Wizards. And the Wizards came to town to play the Bulls. I wanted the Bulls to win. You want to see Mike succeed, but I wanted the Bulls to win because that was the team that I rocked with. And I mm-hmm. and while being a fan of the Bulls, I was always a fan of other players. And actually, it's another pod I want to do, underrated players and things like that that you were a fan of coming up. But, you know, I, I was a fan of certain guys coming up. When Jordan retired, I was a fan of Latrell Sprewell. I kind of modeled the way I played at the playground a little bit after his playing style. I didn't choke people. <laughs> I, I modeled I modeled it after his playing style. But it was never to the point where, you know, they could do no wrong. And I, I see a lot of that with the LeBron thing. And you even see it with the with the Jordan thing. And I think the the LeBron fandom and single player fandom that being accelerated these days has given fuel to the fire of the Jordan fan. So now the mythology of Jordan is astronomical. In the moment when you watch Mike play growing up, you saw some of the flaws Mike had. He was possibly the most complete player ever in terms of understanding fundamentals, doing it on both sides, 
having the ability to do a lot of things well, he just specialized in scoring. But he didn't have any holes in his game. But you still understood there were certain flaws, even personality flaws that Mike had, that may have interfered at times with him winning. One of the things that we brought up even in this podcast was Mike had trust issues early in his career with trusting his yeah. teammates. So, you know, you, you understood those things. And even as a fan, he's like, hey, you know, Mike got to learn how to depend on this, 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 and this. But it was never like, from in my opinion, he can't do any wrong. And I'm seeing that more with the LeBron fan. One thing I was told was that guys become fans of players because of the loyalty thing. Teams aren't loyal to, as loyal to players anymore. But my argument to that is is somewhat reciprocated because players aren't loyal to teams anymore. So that's kind of mm-hmm. a level playing ground, especially with the things that the players have fought for in, in collective bargaining and things like that. There's somewhat level the playing ground. I mean, it's not going to completely be level because the organizations have all the money. And that, that lends to some of the things you see LeBron do, do with the one-year deals, but in the, and it puts pressure on the organizations. But in the end, when you're putting pressure on the organizations, you're still kind of hurting yourself because we talked about what happens when you don't give the organization stability. Then it's hard to find other players who are going to come in an unstable situation. So, you know, going back to being a fan of, of, of a team, it's not that you have to have any civic allegiances or because you live in an area. I think you can be a fan of any team. But I just think when it comes to being a fan, there's more involvement. There's more emotional connection when you're the fan of a team over the fan of a player. If you understand what I'm saying. Right. And I think as a result, you have more fun watching sports when you're more fan of team than player. Yeah, good, good point. Good point. In future podcasts, I uh, just want to give give our listeners some of the, the topics that we, we're re- really looking to discuss. Some future podcasts. We're going to talk about some man laws. You want to chime in uh, when you reach out to us on social media, Instagram as well as Twitter, uh, at mm-hmm. Stay Podcast. We're going to be talking about social media and texting chats, man laws. You know, things like, uh, do men, or should men use emojis? <laughs> men in selfies, LOLs and ha-has, things like that. Snap filters. What are the man laws regarding those things? So we'll we'll get into that. Some other things I wanted to discuss as well. I just mentioned who were some underrated players, even bum players, that you just liked. Uh, even though they weren't great, you were just kind of like attached to them. That was your guy. So uh, who was your guy coming up, whether it be a, you know a underrated all-star that you knew they didn't have a lot of fans, but you were a fan. Or just a guy that you know was a flat-out bum and you still liked him. And that was your guy and you rocked with him. So we'll get into hmm. some things like that going forward. Well, all right. It's been another excellent Stay House podcast. We were able to touch on the Golden State Warriors and how they should have no shame in who they acquire and how they do so. The point is to win and that they're not even competing with LeBron anymore. Right now, I think they're chasing history and how to just crush and destroy what a dynasty is supposed to look like. Uh, We talked about uh, the moves that that have been made in free agency. Uh, We gave thoughts on that. Calvin was able to join us and chime in on that. And it should be some more moves coming up, but the the high-impact, high-profile moves have been made. The Kawhi thing is still in limbo. So uh, when something goes down with that, tune in to the Stay House podcast and we'll give you some thoughts on that as well. Uh, it's been another good episode, another good week. 
I'm Chris. Then with Calvin. Then with Jordan. I'll let y'all later. Stay eyes out. See ya. Yes,